Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Jeff Johnson here with Angela Hanscom. Angela, we're still talking. This is, I think this is episode five where we're talking about the vestibular system and we're talking about activity level. Yes. What do we need to know? Okay, so um, sometimes you hear um, kids are off the wall or they are, you know, out of control with their bodies. And so that's what I mean when I say activity level. So you want, you really want children to feel, to be grounded and ready to learn and not be jumping out of their chairs and running yeah. around. You know, when, when you're talking about more, more academic focused work. Yeah. Um, in order to, for that to happen, they do need plenty of time to move and to push and pull things, to go upside down and um, move in all the different ways that children were designed to move. Mm -hmm. So um, the vestibular sense, we keep talking about this, but this is the, the last part that's really important to remember is that plenty of movement does support um, children being able to naturally regulate their activity level um, and being ready to learn and sit still um, which is something that I know is meaningful to um, to to being able to um, do some more academic work, I guess. So um, I want to talk quickly about um, typical recess sessions. So um, here in where we live, elementary school, it's about 20 minutes for recess. And maybe even some early childhood settings are, you know, 15, 20 minutes or maybe 30 minutes if they're lucky. Um, but 20 minute recess sessions just don't work. And one of the biggest reasons is because let's say kids have been sedentary or sitting still confined for so long, what happens is they start to get fidgety. And when you send them outside and when they first start moving, what happens is um, their arousal level is already a little bit heightened because they feel fidgety. Mm -hmm. That arousal, arousal level is going to go up before it can come down. So in 20 minutes, they're now <clears throat> off the wall, <laughs> you know, so to say. And so if you let them in, <clears throat> they're going to be more hyper, let's say, than, than before in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing yourself a disservice. Yes. And so what we hear is teachers will say, well, why bother with recess? Because now they're more hyper than before. Um, or they'll do those five-minute movement breaks, and now the kids are out of control. Mm -hmm. This is why, because it they go up before they can come down. Now, it takes a good 45 minutes to an hour for our ch children to regulate that activity level back down again. It's kind of like a bell curve. And so they really need a full extended amount of playtime before they're ready, they're regulated and ready to learn. Uh, Angela, how long have we known that? So I don't, well, I don't think we've known that for very long. I think that's something that um, because this started happening a lot recently where we started reducing recess, because recess used to be um, often longer, like a full hour, oh, yeah. 45 minutes. And just in more recent years, we started um, cutting that and doing about 20 minute sessions. And yeah. so now... Um, what's happening is um, we're having to do all these coping skills. Like, so I'm hearing teachers say, I'm dimming the lights. I'm playing calming music. I'm, we're all doing yoga. We're all doing all these different mindfulness um, activities. And, what, and that's taking time that kids could be playing. I would argue that we wouldn't, 
would we actually need yoga and mindfulness and, and stretching, you know, kind of these um, treatment protocols? Because now we're at the point where we almost need it mm-hmm. in order to teach children. But would we need that if children were getting plenty and ample time to move their bodies, dig in the dirt? And the self-selected motion. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like you, we talked about in a previous episode, those things, those things are band-aids, not cures for, for the situations. Right. At, at a couple, it's been a couple of years ago now, but uh, I used to volunteer in a local kindergarten class with one of my favorite kindergarten teachers I went to yoga with. And in that class, we'd go in, Tasha, my wife and I would go in the afternoon and we'd, we'd join them for afternoon recess, which was nine minutes. <sighs> Uh, and that was that was getting your coats on and going and boots and going getting ready uh, in in Iowa, and so that was often four minutes. And then if if the weather was real bad, that got canceled. And this teacher, she'd been teaching for thirty years, and and every year it seemed like they were shortening that amount of recess time. And now they had three: they had lunch, and then they had a morning and an afternoon. But it was just horrible, horrible, and we saw exactly what you described. They're amped up to start with, and then they get outside, and they get back in, and they're more amped up for the last hour of the day. And then that hour ends up being, being nothing but her scolding kids uh, and, and feeling like a, a big meanie because she's expected to re, re, uh, maintain some sort of order to keep the principal happy. And it was, I mean, she ended up retiring after, after 30 years of, of love in the profession. And that was one of the, the prime reasons is, is the, the schedule the administration had created for these kids. Wow, that's really sad. So what do we, what do, we do to, to help children have the activity levels that they need? Because I'm guessing that varies greatly from individual to individual. Yeah, it's well. Nine minutes is definitely not enough. Nine, nine minutes is not enough. Okay, <laughs> so, we can check that off the list. Nine yeah, minutes but, is not yeah. enough. Twenty minutes is not enough. No, it's not enough. It really, I think we really need to think longer recess sessions, and um, you know, and and not just for arousal levels. There's other, there's other reasons for that, and I think it actually would make another good good topic, um, because it has to do with play too and just the richness of play and what's truly meaningful um um you know playing out a play scheme is going to take longer than nine minutes or 20 minutes yeah there's there's a lot of classrooms they've got their little timer set up and they rotate kids through through different activity centers and and you can't go deep into anything when you've only got 15 or 20 minutes to get into it. You don't have to uh, have the opportunity to create the play right. scenario and, and pick your characters and, and create the narrative, let alone get, get anywhere deep in it. So it, it ends up being this surface level play-like activity, which really doesn't do anybody any good. Nope. I mean, it's probably better than sitting crisscross applesauce and listening to the teacher talk. But when it comes to, to real play, it's not like being out in a Timbernook program in the middle of the woods playing yeah. in the mud or something. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like they get a little bit of oxygen to the brain, um, a little bit of movement to stimulate them, but it's not, it's not going to, again, get their arousal level down and get them regulated, ready to learn. Yeah, yeah. Anything else we need to know about this one before we wrap up the vestibular system? No, I think we're good. And so to recap, we want kids to be moving and flipping and twisting and spinning as much as they need to at their at at the times that they want to as much as possible 
Yes. Um, you know, maybe not backflips in the bathtub if you're, you know, we got to, we got to set some rules probably. Oh yeah. You can have, you can have some limits. But, uh, but, but really, and then trying to do those things as a group, whether it's classroom yoga or stand up next to your desk and, and wiggle for five minutes before the spelling test or whatever, those things are kind of band-aids. Um, and, and that they're, they're probably the, the child led is probably the better choice. And also just one more thing that I thought of is some children, that type of, um, quick activity like that can actually dysregulate them. It can actually make children, um, have a really hard time being ready to learn after that. So they need, again, most children need longer. And so sometimes the, the band-aids that we pick are actually making things worse. Yes. Yeah, that's a delightful way to end this episode. Hey, we'll be back soon with another episode of Timber Nook Tips. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing the show with a friend. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Timber Nook Tips. Share your questions and comments at playvolutionhq.com slash podcast slash Timber Nook. For more Angela, visit timbernook.com. For more Jeff, visit explorationsearlylearning.com. Like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.